This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of PSG Talking, the first podcast devoted to Paris Saint-Germain in English. On today's show, we take a look back at PSG's first half of the season and give our overall thoughts on the state of the Capital Club. We also identify PSG's best players so far and those who have underperformed. We grade Tuchel on his job as manager and identify some January transfer targets. To wrap things up, we give our bold Champions League predictions. Joining the show today is Kose Espinosa and Mel Brennan. As always, I'm your host, Ed, and this is PSG Talking. All right, joining me today, Kose, how are you doing today? Hi, how you doing? Um, I'm just really happy to be here. Excited about you know PSG finishing the year, 2019 is over, and um, now we get to talk about what we expect and what we want to see in the future. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, this is our special mid-season uh, recap. PSG are on break. Everyone's on holiday. Um, they're off in South America. They're, some players stayed in Paris. So they're, they're getting some much-needed rest. We took a little bit of a break here, but we're back. We need to recap everything that happened in the first half of the season and look ahead slightly to the second half of the season. So my first question is, Kose, I want to know, what are your overall thoughts on the first half of the season? What, what, what went well? It's easy for me to say. And what didn't? Right. Um, and I mean, it's funny because I feel like we talked about this a little bit just last time when I was on with Guillaume. And we said how... Um, you know, on paper, we're looking so good. You know, we're off the off the top at the top of the league. Got a couple, well, I think it's one game in hand. Um, you know, still went through the Champions League group first place. Uh, we've shown up where we had to show up. So, you know, on paper, we look fantastic. Um, we've put ourselves exactly into the positions we want to put ourselves into. Um, I've really enjoyed watching PSG so far this season. Um, and, and I see great stuff from the squad, but... We've also said that before uh, in our history, and we've also been, I feel like, kind of at this place. So now the real test begins into, like, how can we keep this consistency, and can we take that into the later stages of all the season, not just the Champions League? Yeah, I would kind of echo that. I would say I would sum up the first half of the season uh, in five words. It's one game at a time, and that's something that Tuchel has stressed and the players have echoed in their post-game comments and pre-game comments. And they're doing their best not to look ahead. They're taking every game, whether it's against Amiens or Real Madrid. They're trying to just focus on the task at hand, not think about the opponent really, and just say, we need to do what we do best. We need to perform at a very high level. It doesn't matter if it's a Champions League game, and it doesn't matter if it's Ligue 1. And so they're just taking it one at a time. And you're starting to see, especially towards the end of the first half of the season, that this team is really coming together. Um, and like you said, they're a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching this team play, especially when Tuchel goes with the, the 4-4-2 formation. Um, is that something that you have really enjoyed as well? Just the, the scoring so many goals uh, against, I think we scored like, what is it, 12 goals in the last three games or something crazy like that. I can pull up that stat, but I mean, we were scoring goals at a ridiculous rate. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, um, and you can always go back and see how incredible Icardi's been since he's come in. Um, but I, ha- I have to agree with you. I mean, the way Tuchel sets up this team, um, you know, it just likes to attack. It just likes to display beautiful football. Um, whether it is, you know, at the Parc de France against Amiens or at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid, um, and I think that has been one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about this team. 
um, is to know that they're always able to, you know, pull something out of nothing uh, or like drive a play where it seems like there's no space there. Um, and I think Tuchel has done that mentally, um, physically, you know, we've been able to cope with injuries. That's something I've really enjoyed this half of the season too because we've had a lot of players injured. We've managed to, you know, cope with that, find people. Thankfully, our depth has been enough to keep us going. Um, I just think that, you know, if we can figure out how to keep our most important players healthy and going in with this momentum to the second half of the season, we could be looking at something really good. Yeah, I guess you can't talk about a mid-season review without talking about injuries. We we definitely been hit with a lot of injuries. You had Mbappe was out for about a month with really his first significant injury of his career. Cavani has been out. I don't think he's ever really fully healed from, I guess it was his hip, then a muscle, then his calf. And I mean, he's had a ton. Neymar, I mean, he was off playing with Brazil and Singapore for some crazy, ridiculous reason. And so he missed time. And so for this team to be in this position, they're in every competition. They top their group. They're leading league on. For them to still maintain this high level of performance, you know, we'll talk about Tuchel a little bit later. We'll give him a grade. But I definitely think you have to put that into consideration when considering what Tuchel has done. Um, so that's kind of our overall thoughts on, on the uh, first half of the season. But I also want to know... Who has been, or what has been the best performance this season? Was it against Real Madrid? Was it against Marseille? Or is there another game, another performance that kind of stood out to you? Um, well, well, I think the game against Marseille was absolutely incredible. Um, and we've, I, I, we've had a few performances. Um, even you just, you know, like not even going that far. Like just against Amiens, I think they mm. did a good job. Um, but I think the greatest performance um, has to be with Real Madrid. Either um, the first leg where we absolutely destroyed them, um, really took advantage of our chances, played at home, eh, you know, got a little bit lucky with VAR finally, um, and we were on our way to first place. And I think that victory was a huge catalyst to what the season has become and to what PSG try to play towards after that. Um, and I just love the fact that we were actually able to receive a world-class team in our stadium and still beat them. Um, so I think that was probably our best performance. I also really enjoyed the tie because even though I feel PSG wasn't as sharp, they weren't, you know, on top of their game and, and you know, shutting down those chances, it, 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 it seemed like Madrid would be able to massacre. Um, they still managed to, you know, pull something out of the hat and find two goals in the last 10 minutes and they equalized and we took a point from one of the hardest stadiums in the world, still managed to go through first. So any of those two, honestly, for me, um, are really the, the, the seal of success that this PSG has earned, at, at least during this first half of the season. Yeah, I would definitely, those two games stood out. Obviously, it's the biggest opponent that PSG played. And I would say that that second leg, you know, at the Santiago Bernabeu when... Neymar, he was just coming back. I believe he started on the bench and in a hostile environment. Um, we go down 2 0, Green Benzema, lethal in front of goal. And I was like, you know, we're not winning this. And then it's like, you know, we didn't really need to win that game. We didn't have a whole lot to. to, to uh, we were leading the group, and if we lost, we would still be leading the group. And so we didn't have a lot of incentive to go out and, and perform well. Um, but in the span of like two minutes in that second half, we we able we were able to come back. Mbappe got kind of a cheap goal there, and then Sarabia uh, against his uh, team that he kind of came up with to be able to um, to to get that two-two tie is something that a lot of pundits will say. 
PSG, great. They spend a lot of money. They have all these players, but can they prove it on the big stage? Do they have the mentality to come back? And so for them to do that, I think, not only shuts up a lot of pundits, but it also helps them with their confidence to say, like, hey, we can go into an environment and get a result. Even if we're down, never give up, and we can battle back. And that's something, given how many times this team has fallen flat, I think that that game, while we, it's not a win, it's not a 4-0 like against Marseille, maybe we didn't play well, the fact that we were able to grind out that victory, I think if PSG does go on to win the Champions League or make a semifinal, we're going to look back and say, hey, that game against Real Madrid really propelled them to be able to grind out a result like this. So for me, that's that's the biggest result of the oh, season. And, and I agree that it's, it was a huge game. And we, we saw how Guillaume went about off and off about <laughs> how great we were able to suffer and, and you know, <laughs> hold on to the score, keeping it close, you know, just taking those 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 waves of pressure after wave. Um, but we took advantage of the thing that Real Madrid has struggled to do this season, which is to keep that consistency throughout the, ho- the whole 90 minutes. Yep. Um, and I think that's more telling of what we can do as a team uh, than their failures as a team. So I agree with you. That is, a, that is an amazing match. And if we are, like you said, to, mm-hmm. to pull out something in the future, it, it has to be, um, you know, through suffering, through finding opportunities in the game, through pushing the game in our favor, um, and through, you know, like, sweat and blood. We know how hard it is to win. So. Yeah, and we saw just how good that first game against Real Madrid, 3-0, they weren't really the Real Madrid that we all expected. And um, so I, I think that, you know, to be able to, in that return leg, when they were really up for it, they, Real Madrid knew what PSG could bring. And they, they Real Madrid, I believe, gave us their best game. And we were like, for... 80 minutes there, and we were just blowing off the pitch. So that's a little bit troubling. But still, at the end of the day, I'm fine with being you know, completely dominated for 80 minutes if we can still come back and get a result that helps us. We did win on aggregate against Real Madrid, so um, that was fantastic. And so I, I, we saw the best of Real Madrid, and now they have to face Manchester City in the knockout stage of the Champions League. And so one of those big teams will not be advancing, and so that helps PSG because... That's one less big team we have to play potentially as we move oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So it sounds like we're kind of in agreement there that whether you like that first game against Real Madrid or the second game, one of those results was definitely one of the best games of the, the midseason uh, so far. You know, nothing to take away from the, the game against Marseille. And like you said, towards the end of the year where we scored, I think it's 12 goals in our last three games. I mean, while those aren't really noticeable games, maybe against St. Etienne and Le Mans, you know, these aren't really big teams like Real Madrid, but the performance of the team and the to have Icardi, Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria all coming together and playing well, you could kind of point to those and say those are almost as important. I don't know. And, and I guess later on, if that's, a, if that's a formation that Tuchel wants to go to, you could look back and say, hey, those games were important because that's where the team figured out how to play together. Would you kind of echo that as well? I mean, I think that's totally true, especially if you if you you know focus in games like San Etienne. You know, we were the game was pretty much done by the time they got a red card, um, and we still were able to you know hurt them, push them towards their goal, keep them there the whole game, find two more goals, end up winning 4-0. Um, and I think really that's telling of what what is this this story that PSG wants to tell now um, is the fact that they're gonna try and do the job wherever they are and wherever they're playing absolutely uh looks like we're gonna be joined here uh mel can are we coming in here hey hey how's it going 
Good. Can you guys hear me well or no? We can hear you really well. You are good. Um, we've got you loud and clear. So what we're going to do here, we uh, Kose and I were just going through the first couple questions, but we'll give you an opportunity to catch up here. Uh, thank you for co- dialing into the show. Um, we just wanted to give us your quick overall thoughts on the first half of the season. <sighs> In a way, uh, typical PSG. Um, you know, um, outstanding uh, start to the season in terms of one or other of the competitions, uh, in this case, uh, the Champions League. Um, but uh, inconsistent, unable to put the whole package together, always leaving us at this point in the winter transfer thing, uh, winter transfer uh, period, thinking about the additions we need to make uh, to bring the whole thing together. So. Fantastic. And we also wanted to know, we got through the next question, which was, what are the best performance of the season so far? Kostain and I were kind of in agreement that whether you like the first game against Real Madrid or the second, one of those games is the best performance. I said it was more the 2-2. Kostain kind of leaned towards that first match, but for you, was it Marseille or maybe was it one of the, the last games of the midseason where you had the, you had Neymar and Mbappe and, and Di Maria and Acardi all playing together and scoring four or five goals. So which was it for you? I liked seeing that towards Mm -hmm. the end of the season. I mean, uh, that was enjoyable to see. But, you know, in terms of the quality of the competition, uh, in terms of uh, the gravity of the moments, it's those Real Madrid matches that that have to be called out. Um, Anytime we take Marseille to task, (laughs) it's enjoyable. Always. Um, But... Uh, those Real Madrid matches are really how we built the team and what we measure ourselves against. Um, and they, they, they are the, the best performances of the year so far for me. Fantastic. You're all called up. So the next question I have for all of you, and Kose, I'll open Great. it up to you, is uh, who was your best player for PSG so far? And then also I have to ask, who has been, unfortunately, your worst player of the year? And Kose, we'll open it up uh, to you. Uh, um, well, it's hard to pick really the best player, uh, especially in uh, players, you know, are doing so good. Um, and they have a few performers in, you know, like Marquinhos, who hasn't been like as imperial as he was last season, um, but he's been fantastic. Silva's been amazing. Di Maria, of course, is on fire. Um, but for me, the best, the best two players of this half season have to be either Kaler or uh, Navas. Um, or Neymar, okay. uh, uh, you know, they, I, I'm saying this because both have been, uh, both have come in, made immediate impact. Um, whether it is, you know, making say seven or eight saves against your old club at the Bernabeu, you know, keeping us in the game. Hilo Navas, you know, does that stuff. He's incredible at it, and he's been doing it for us. Whether it's in the league, whether it's in the Champions League, wherever he's been tested, he keeps performing. Um, and on the other side, you, you know, you have Neymar who's pulling all the strings together, making things happen, moving around, just, you know, driving people crazy. Um, they absolutely cannot get a hold of him. Um, and I think that is honestly probably our best weapon in attack. So the, I, the fact that he's able to still perform, the fact that he's able to still put up numbers, um, I think it makes him the best player of the season for us. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, I'm sorry, and I, I was yeah. going to say, and I, I think there's no worse player um, more than, like, the athletic style at PSG because, like, why cannot we have a fit squad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 
everybody's playing, but it doesn't matter if you're playing good if you're injured. So I think for me, they have to be the worst people so far. Um, and I have been losing, honestly, my confidence in, uh, you know, athletic staff in professional teams lately, especially after I saw some videos of how Real Madrid players train. Mm. And that is crazy stuff. Um, so I am not surprised they are getting injured all the time. Um, and it doesn't help that they play. And the, and, and the Barcelona biorhythms work that they do, you know, getting them ready to peak at certain times during the year. Where they're at, everybody else, particularly in La Liga, they're at an entirely different level on that. Yeah. So I think we should get better on that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mel, same to you. Best and worst. You know, Marquinhos is a, is a fairly decent call. Um, you know, he steadies uh, the rear, you know, it, something that Thiago Silva used to do. Um, but now as he's getting older, there's more variation uh, in, in his ability to do that. And, and Marquinhos, um, when we bought him uh, and fixed his teeth when he first <laughs> came over from Roma, um, the thinking was that he was going to do this for us. And to his credit, you know, he's got a lot of, got a new baby he's got a lot of personal stuff that's going on positive personal stuff that's going on but still impactful and has been able to come every match and be that consistent seven out of ten eight out of ten not not you're not looking at him and thinking about mistakes that he's made um uh whether it's in uh the position of center back or you know as Tuchel has used him in key moments particularly in europe uh, as a defensive midfielder just solid um and so, you know, it's not as flashy as as the the speed of Mbappe, who would be my number, my other choice. Mm. Um, um, but I think it's it's the thing we need um, to steady ourselves, both performance wise and psychologically, as we go forward throughout the year. So, uh, Marquinhos is my number one. My 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 most disappointing player, or probably the poorest player, is somebody who, in recent games, has started to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone who I was looking a lot, looking for a lot more from, particularly given his preseason performance, which is Pablo Sarabia. Mm-hmm. I wanted a lot more from Sarabia in terms of being that outlet that teams also had to think about mm-hmm. when they were thinking about our attack and our approach in the offensive side of the pitch. And, you know, he had just really had shine in, in the preseason. And I thought, all right, the, the, this is, this is going to be outstanding. Um, he's going to be the guy no one's looking for uh, when they start thinking about matchups. And he's going to show up and, and steal, you know, seven to ten goals uh, easily. Um, and he started off really, really poorly. It looked like he had a confidence problem. Mm-hmm. Um, to the team's credit, they stuck with him. Um, but he was my most disappointing player. Although you're seeing moments where it's clear that, it, it, that there might be a turnaround there. So yeah, he did look have forward a, to the second half of it. He, go ahead, Jose. No, no, yeah, he struck gold against Madrid. Yeah, exactly. He scored against Real Madrid. the same thing I was going to say. And he had a great preseason. I was very high on him. I agree that it's been a little bit disappointing watching him. But he's picked it up here lately. Uh, for me, my best player has been Acardi, just with so many injuries. Uh, the beginning of the season, he's kind of come in. He's put Cavani to the bench, and he's been scoring, I think, 18 goals or 14 goals in 18 appearances, something like that. I mean, is that it, it might be the best return on a loan 
at this point in the season ever for any team. I mean, the guy's been fantastic. And disappointing, I would have to say, the, the person that he replaced, Edison Cavani. I know he's been battling injury, which is disappointing. But when he's been able to play, I mean, he's had some laughable misses. I mean, some just like you would not expect him to, to have. And I know he's inconsistent. He hasn't been playing much. But, I mean, you expect a little bit more from the all-time leading scorer. And so I just thought that he would make a little bit more. And his, the, the season for him, or the year, ended with him injured. And, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Is it his calf hip? Is he leaving in January? Just kind of overall just disappointed in Cavani, and I think if he doesn't leave in January, it's going to be a really sad ending to his PSG career as he kind of fizzles out and moves on. So he's kind of he would be my disappointing player, but I agree with you. Marquinhos has been fantastic. Um, Neymar, incredible. Keeler Navas, locking down that goalkeeper position, something we haven't had forever. So all of those are good candidates. Um, I want to know from you guys, rate Thomas Tuchel's job performance this season. And um, give him a grade, <clears throat> A, B, C, D, whatever. And then what does he need to improve upon? And we'll start with um, – we'll go with Mel. We'll go back around the other way. You know, right now, to this point in the season, I give Tuco a C. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's done a poor job in many areas. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't turn around and, and you know, upon reflection go, that was really poor, you know, that choice you made. There have been individual um, substitutions, uh, individual – formations uh, that on occasion I've gone, well, I, I don't know what you're thinking. Um, but I haven't been like, that's a really poor decision. On the other hand, there hasn't been a lot uh, in terms of the tactics and the strategy where I've also thought, man, that's outstanding, right? That's reflective of real film work. You really understand the opposition. You really understand your team. And you put us in an absolutely outstanding position to exploit their weaknesses in the matchup. Um, so I haven't really seen that a lot as well. What I've seen is him go, okay, you know, I've got a talented group of players. My job is to not mess that up. (laughs) So for the most part, I think that he's had a a tactical, uh, a tactics and a strategy this year that has been more about, uh, trying to not get in the way of, um, allowing players to express themselves and have a good opportunity while, um, you know, using, uh, some of the acquisitions we've got to make sure we have some consistency at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Abdu Diallo, for example, comes to mind. Uh, so, you know, I, I think we'll need more from him uh, to see the success that we'd like to see in the, in the second half of the year. But to this point, I think he's been average. He's been okay. Okay. Kose, give him a grade. Um, I mean, I have to go along those lines. I actually, I'm going to, do a little, um, do him a little bit better. I'm gonna give him a B. Okay. Uh, I think he, like Mel said, has understand. He, he has perfectly understood what he has to do. Um, he's gotten the job done. He has us clear at the top of the gun. He has us clear at the top of the group. We went through first. Um, we, you know, won our first uh, league game, or you know, um, and he he's understand what exactly he needs to do with PSG and how to put them where they've had to be. And we've won the key games, we've tied the key games, um, and we find ourselves in really advantageous positions. So for that, I will give him points. Um, but I do think that rotation has been, you know, poor. Um, we could, I mean, against um, Le Mans, I think that like no one should have started. Like absolutely yeah. no one. Like. They should, like, Kwasi should have been, like, the senior player on that squad. 
Um, but you know, you know, he's a coach, um, and I also think that the way they've managed injuries has been shocking. Mm. Um, it's it's just shocking to see that the the way that they this team manages uh, the injuries of their players. Um, and and you know because of that, how can you you know trust fully a, a you know a team staff if you cannot trust them that they're able to keep those players fit for for as good as they've been in the in the pitch which they have uh, and they've shown they understand what PSG has to win uh, and how to get there, but can they keep those players fit um, and you know can they make that system work throughout what is going to be uh, Coupe de la Ligue games. Coupe de France games, Champions League, Ligue 1 games. We're going to be, you know, going through all sorts of trophies and competitions and players and, and playing against teams who are going to try and break our legs. So are we going to have the depth? Are we going to have, you know, the ability to manage those injuries and, and the ability to put in teams that are not going to be risks when we're playing against teams that are not yeah. our main yeah. priority? <laughs> I'm with you. I would give him a B. I would say B plus. You know when you're you're in school and you know you show up and you turn in your syllabus or whatever. You, you get your paper signed by your parents. I feel like Tuchel gets a B plus, but it, it hasn't really been that difficult for him. He, you know he's done okay on a couple pop quizzes here and there, and so for that I'll give him a B plus. But there's been moments where I question, like Mel said, I wonder, is he really the tactician that we think he is, or is he just really? benefiting from the the talent that's in the team and are those individual performances carrying him we think he's maybe better than he actually is um i do give him credit for figuring out a way to get the the the, uh di maria and neymar and mbappe and Icardi all on the pitch at the same time so i do give him credit there but then i wonder about things the injury situation like jose said and then i also wonder about when he subbed off mbappe in like the 89th or 90th minute um in a one game i think it was montpellier i can't recall but sub them off for for no reason <laughs> yeah. at all like and he knows that mbappe hates being taken off and it was kind of like he just did it to be a jerk and just show like hey i'm i'm the boss i if i want to take you off i will and i with a player like mbappe i just don't know if you mess around with him like that and if you kind of poke the bear i don't know why you would do that just to kind of show that you're the boss so something like that is why i dock him points but for me, the, the final exam is obviously going to be the Champions League. He's going up against a team that he's very familiar with. Um, he, he's got to make the quarterfinals. If he doesn't, I don't even know if he finishes the rest of the season. With Pochettino out there, um, I don't know if he makes it. Do you guys think? Well, and as both of you, as both of you have said, yeah. you know, if, if I sort of put the way that we approach injuries recovery uh, on the director of football, mm-hmm. um, but if I were to put that on Tuchel, his grade would go even lower. <laughs> um, it will be about injuries and the psychological motivation of the team. You know, whether, for example, Julian Draxler is with us or not, mm-hmm. that's the type of player that's got to be ready to be make a meaningful impact in Coupe de la Ligue, Coupe de France. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to be able to take that second tier of players and motivate them to meet individual goals. You know, they want to play more. Well, you, here's how you play more, by demonstrating your ability to take us through these tournaments. But that's only going to be possible if players are healthy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think both of you made outstanding mm-hmm. points. That managing the psychology of the team, whether it's Mbappe or some of the other lower-tier players, is going to be crucial going mm-hmm. forward, as well as these injuries. So. 
And to what Kose said about him playing Neymar and some other players against a team like Lamont, on January 5th, we play a team that is literally a bunch of amateurs. I, I, I don't even know yeah. what the team name is, but they, they are not even in League 2. They're not... They are like several layers down in the tier of French football. Under no circumstances should any of our top players play in that game. And if they do, that is gross negligence on the part of Tuchel. Coming off a holiday break Absolutely. when they haven't played in a while. If any of them are in that game, you will see me on Twitter. I yeah, will I will go off. No, no. This lineup has – I swear to God, this lineup has to be like a preseason lineup. Like that's how it has to look. Like I, I'm, in, I'm in consideration to play that game, and I can't run for 30 minutes. But I, I should be in consideration for this game. Yes. What's that team's name? Their team is FC Break a Leg. What is it? Yeah, name? Break. It's like uh, Linus Montlary. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation of that, but yeah, I mean they they're like a national team, so they're like League Six or something like that. I mean these yeah. guys are like part-time dentists and bartenders. I mean we should not play Neymar in a game like this. While we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit BigHeadsMedia.com for this podcast and so much more. I want some nasty. Are you a member of San Antonio Spurs Nation? If you are, stand up. If you are, stand up. That's right, because this is a bucking Spurs podcast. I am Robert Trejo Jr., your host here at ABSP. And here, we're talking all things San Antonio Spurs basketball, baby. We'll talk NBA as well. We'll have occasional guest hosts dropping in from time to time. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast jam on, we are there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for special Spurs content. And you already know what it is. Go Spurs, go. Next topic, I want to know, give me one realistic January transfer target. This is something we got a few questions about. People love talking transfers. Um, Mel. Have you been keeping up with the rumor mill? Do you have any names for us? Uh, I've been doing some analysis here. I want to pull up my uh, real quick. My um, well, I, as you I pull have, that up, I, I can have... I can just say that Lucas Paqueta, he's a, a player that has been heavily linked. And um, when I when I go, I can give more information. But is that a name that you're thinking, or do you have someone else you think is more realistic? Well, it's interesting because I have two Lucases. Okay. So Lucas is the name of the day. Not more. Um, right? Yeah, I have. Um, I like Lucas Toussaint, who plays for Olympic Lyonnais. Okay. Um, I think we need augmentation at the defensive midfield position, and part of that is because of the injuries that we've seen to Idrissa Gay, right? Mm-hmm. Where he uh, likes to go forward as a central midfielder, Gay does. Um, likes to break up play, but I haven't seen enough of him to be sure that he's going to be around do everything that we need. Lyon remains a selling club. Lucas Toussaint, if you go on YouTube and take – after you go to PSG Talk, yeah, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you go on YouTube and take a look at Lucas Toussaint's highlight videos, you'll see the exact type of play that I think we need in terms of strength and depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward. So I'm not necessarily thinking about, um, you know, a highlight all-star, somebody who's going to come right into the starting 11, but somebody who's going to be deep in the rotation, particularly given our injuries. And then the other Lucas that I would have to stick in is from RB Leipzig. Oh, and he's a right Leipzig. back, Lucas Klosterman. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about all the deficits of Toma Munier, um, he he has all of those in positives, but with the same size, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to lose the size that we have at that position, particularly during set pieces. But Lucas Klosterman, right back from RB Leipzig, incredible pace, but still 6'2". I believe he's coming up. I have to look this up, but I believe he's coming up on his last year of his contract, if I'm not mistaken. RB is in the the Champions League. They'll like their chances. Um, They may not want to sell, but I I agree. If we could pull that, especially if we come to an agreement where maybe we say we'll let Kawasi go in the summer, whatever. You know, I know they're interested in him. Uh, Maybe another player we could throw in. I love that idea. Yeah, great. And how did Mounier not make it into any of our disappointing players, by the way? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shame on us for that. And it's because he's such a team guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and he scores, I feel like, in really important moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you can keep him, and again, if you can bring in somebody like Klosterman, mm-hmm. who obviously has Champions League disqualified for us, but can play in league, uh, can play in some of these other mm-hmm. key matches, and keep a Toma Munier fresh mm-hmm. for key moments uh, in the Champions League, then, then I think you've strengthened well. Um, you know, and the and all of these these two picks that I have, I have to say, are, are couched with understanding what Leo has Leonardo has said mm-hmm. in the run up to this window, which is there aren't going to be any big moves. So if there aren't going to be any big moves. What are the small yeah. squad bolstering moves that we can make? And these 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 two Lucases to me stand out. I do wonder if Leon would be willing to sell. They had Depay went down, and I think they had another one of their midfielders go down. They were actually trying to sign Draxler on a loan, so they may be looking to bring players in, but maybe that extra cash from PSG would help bring in two or three additional players. So definitely possible. I love Klosterman. I play with him all the time on FIFA. He's a right back. I always sign. You can get him pretty cheap, and and he's fast as hell. So I love love picking him up. Uh, Kose, give me uh, one or two. Do you have any other Lucases? Uh, well, and, and um, I agree with what Mel said. Um, we know they're be, they're gonna be looking for size. Yeah. Uh, this this winter is pretty much. I think the only thing we're really missing. Um, I mean, yes, the right back position is questioned. Like, listen, Munier, he has some nightmare games. Like, he his defense has never been the best. Um, but I think he does have some really good. Um, going forward moments, um, and he can combine really nicely with that attack, um, and he will pull out a goal of nothing. So, mm-hmm. and plus, I like the guy, even though you know there's some tension. But um, just because of that, I'm not sure if we should go for another right back. Klosterman does sound amazing, um, but I don't want to take too much time away from Dagba, mm-hmm. um, who's been pretty good, I feel like this season. Um, then you know, but you know, like I said, the height in midfield is something that Leonardo said he was going to be looking for. So I don't know if he's trying to go like for Lucas Toussaint, um, or Alan, eh, who's also you know like been talked about him coming to PSG. Um, I don't know how we feel about Tonali coming in. I think like Lucas Toussaint would be a nice addition, but I think my favorite, like if I would have to choose. A one player we can bring in. He's not going to be cheap, but just because of the situation, we might be able to get him on a better deal. And I think that's Alan from Napoli. Um, because he's really an anchor player, doesn't like to adventure too much into, you know, going forward. He's strong, runs a lot. Um, it's pretty much kind of like the same deal we were trying to get with Idrissa. But he's really most focused in defense. And I think that if we're going to look to replace a player in midfield or bring someone else in, 
that is the type of video that we need to be look, looking for, the one that is specifically for that, yeah. you know, group of things that we need, um, rather than just, you know, like, be stepping on somebody else's toes. Absolutely, yeah. I, re- I really like the idea of, of bringing Alan in. He's a little bit on the shorter side, if I'm not mistaken, so he doesn't quite meet that requirement that Leonardo's looking for, but... Napoli's looking to sell players. They need cash, so that's definitely a player I think we could get. I love Sandro Tonali. I think when you're looking at transfers, Serie A is definitely a good place to look because Leonardo, that's where he came from. Um, I did a piece on PSG Talk, which was great, that Leonardo apparently had brought in um, Lucas Paqueta, and he paid 35 million euros, something like that, from uh, Flamengo. And now... A year later, Leonardo is at PSG, and he's like, I'm not paying that much for him. And he's just like undercutting the price that he had agreed to when he was at AC Milan. So he's a, he's a shrewd uh, negotiator. I love that in, in Leonardo. Um, I think just given how many rumors there are, I think that that move for Paqueta is, is definitely something that could get done. I love Sandro Tonali. I love him. I think he, he's a little bit taller. Yes. He, he would be great. It's kind of like that Verratti signing where we're going to get a young Italian star and bring him in and, and let him grow into one of the best midfielders in the world. I love that. Um, unfortunately, well, maybe not so unfortunately, it could work out, but I think a player that could come in that meets the height requirement, just the physicality midfielder, Emery Chan, he wants out of Juventus. Juventus want to sell him. We kind of have a good relationship with Juventus in terms of transfers. So I think that that could be a deal. Maybe Draxler going the opposite way. Maybe another player. There was uh, rumors about maybe a couple of Juventus players coming back um, to PSG's way. So I think there's something there between PSG and Juventus. Um, and I'll also just add that our old friend Adrian Rabio is not happy in Turin. He's looking for a potential oh, loan. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, he's not getting any playing time. He's upset. His mom's already on the working the phones and potentially going to Arsenal is the last thing I heard. So Emery Chan, he's uh, he's the guy I think. But yeah, go ahead. Cozy, do you want to add something? No, I said they didn't believe us. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, we tried to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> we tried, we tried. Uh, but anyway, I'm just glad they took him over hands to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I would actually love to see Emre Chan on the team. I think mm-hmm. he has a great mentality, super seasoned player, has mm-hmm. played Champions League, has played for Real Madrid, has played in the World Cup for Germany. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not going to get shy at any moment mm-hmm. he gets. Um, and, you know, he wants to leave yeah. because he was betrayed practically by the Juventus board. So, um, it, yeah, it, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that 100% yeah. because I think. It's not just the player, it's when we're getting the player. It's where he is in his career. You know, he's he was beset by injury, but always been cultured, always been a nice cultured midfielder who understands what the manager wants him to do and has done two or three different sub things within that midfield work um, that I've been impressed with um, and would want to show people that what he's still got. Um with us. So I think that I would not be, I would not have a problem at all with them. Yeah. It's always good to get a player with a chip on their shoulder. And again, he's just a physically imposing force that variety as good as he is, just can't bring Sarabia just can't bring that. Adrisi Gay is not going to bring that. He will come in and be that kind of enforcer as we're, we're always looking for Um, someone to maybe come back at, at another opponent. If they, you know, stomp on Neymar's ankle or something like that. We need, we need someone like that to stick up for our players. And I think Chan could be that guy. Um, Absolutely. I want to ask Champions League, everyone, it's PSG, everyone cares about the Champions League, so we want to know what is most important to PSG's Champions League success in the second half of the season. Example, 
they can't win without this player. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe you think we need a new training staff. Uh, Kose, what do you think is the most important to uh, PSG's Champions League success? success? Well, when, you know, with what you just said right now, you know, <laughs> if I can change all that training stuff, like, yeah. I will. Uh, they, are not, they are not keeping me happy, I promise you that. But, but um, I think that the easier answer, really, for this question is just simply say Neymar. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that honestly it's going to be down listen the Champions League is, has so many variables so many things can happen you actually need a lot of luck to win it um, but I think if we are you know planning on mounting a serious challenge which we definitely are um, it's going to end up relying on us scoring goals and us stopping goals so I think that both Neymar and Navas will have to be imperial in the Champions League if they want to uh, if they want to go forward. Mm -hmm. Navas has demonstrated already that he can be incredibly sharp on goal and he can keep us in a game. And that's going to be super important, um, you know, when we really need him to, to, you know, step up and make that save. Um, likewise with Neymar, you know, he's jumping around, moving around, making things happen, passing here, passing there. He's our main weapon in attack. He really makes our team move, makes Mbappe so much dangerous um, than he already is. And he really just has a knack to pull something out of nothing. And that's what I love from him. And that's what we are going to need from him if we are if we are willing to go far away in the Champions League. So I don't think PSG can actually make any impact or any strong impact in the Champions League without those two players. Yeah. It, it can't be understated how much you need luck in this tournament. You, you spend all the money you want. It's luck. That's it. Uh, Mel? Most important. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree that, you know, Ultimately, after everybody, you know, everybody's trying to win. Mm -hmm. So after everybody, every organization has put everything that they can forward, you're going to need some from Providence. Mm -hmm. but, but one of the things I think about also when I think about what does it take to win the Champions League is I tend to go back to the, the enter of Jose Mourinho mm -hmm. and how they won the Champions League with Diego Melito, who you never heard of again <laughs> after Mourinho got everything out of him for that Champions League run. Um, and how Mourinho was able to have such a hold of the psychology of that particular team at that time that my favorite striker of all time, Samuel Eto'o, was willing to play a fullback position. Right? Players giving everything that they had to be the best that they could be and or doing things that are totally outside of what they're for the good of the team. And I think, you know, what Mourinho like him or love him when he wins at that level, it's because in those years he understands and has a hold of the psychology of the team and of his players. And then he can deploy it to get things out of them that are extraordinary to forge some luck. Right. Yeah. Um, and that I think, is the evolution for Tuchel and and his staff are are they able to now understand this team understand what do you what do you need to do to get the the most out of a Neymar where you know in in clutch moments he and Mbappe and Di Maria who does it anyway mm -hmm. are willing to come back and help out and get the ball and and give above and beyond the norm um, you know what are you going to do. Uh, to get that out of a team uh, and give yourself the best chance to then have some luck, right, to go forward. So I think 
you know, other than uh, a staff that manages injuries and keeps our players on the pitch in a healthy and consistent way, um, a, a manager that really um, understands the players and understands the team and how to get the most in this year out of this group um, will make will make the difference. Well, here's hoping Tuchel can figure it out. For me, I, I would go with what Kose said. I mean, it's Neymar. We failed since he's been here, but it's because he hasn't been in the lineup. He's been injured. So if he can just stay healthy, I think he's the type of player that you need to have in your squad to win the Champions League. You need to have that special player who can just get that little bit of magic when you need it. When you're down a goal and you need an away goal, and you know he can turn it on and for maybe a minute just outperform everyone. Wait, what'd you say, Jose? When you need three goals in the last six minutes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's the type of player that can do that. So for me, it's Neymar. You need a lot of luck, but that's something that we don't have any control over. Um, when, luck in terms of the draw, you know, luck in terms of injuries, and um, we're in a lot of competitions, and we're going to need a lot of luck with injuries because we want to win. We want to win every trophy that's out there, and Tuchel seems hell-bent on playing Neymar in the Coupe de Liga, so fingers crossed that we just don't have any injuries, which I don't have a lot of faith in with this training squad, so... Yeah, fingers crossed. But for me, it's got to be Neymar. Um, we did we did get a lot of Twitter questions, but we've answered a lot of them in the in the questions that we've had. But there was one that we didn't really touch on, so I wanted to ask you. And this comes from at PSG underscore Qatar HQ, and they want to know: Is it time for Draxler to be sold? He's been in a lot of transfer rumors. I mentioned Leon was trying to get him on loan. He may be going to AC Milan for Lucas Paqueta. He could be going to. I wrote a piece. I said Draxler would be great for Arsenal. They need somebody. Um, so is it time for Draxler to be sold? Um, he wants to stay, um, but he's open to a move if it makes sense. Mel, what do you think? Buy or sell Draxler? I at mean, this point? it's a really good question. Um, I think if I am the PSG organization, I'm, it depends on what I get. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst scenario I can imagine with Draxler is to have this inconsistency, will he take the next step, won't he take the next step, and then we get rid of him for something that doesn't work out for us, and then he goes somewhere else and is this FIFA player of the year, um, which he has in him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, We've seen stuff like that before. Um, But he hasn't been that for us. Um, The reality is that he's been the almost guy. Um, do you think that he's us. been given a fair shake here at PSG? Do you think he's been given plenty of opportunity to make that position his own? He's been moved around year, a lot. Probably not. Okay. The previous year he had an extended run. Okay. Um, the previous couple years he's had he's had extended runs to show whether he can break in and take hold of of a, of a position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the fact that we brought in Pablo Sarabia tells tells you a lot about the consistency that Draxler has been able to deploy, you know, um, in that role. So uh, it's a difficult question, but you know, if we get back, if we were to get back some of the players that, that, that both of you uh, have talked about in terms of what we could get in this winter transfer window and the cost was Julian Draxler, I, I, I would have to consider it. And if I remember correctly, you know, Leonardo obviously didn't bring him in, he wasn't a, a Tuchel signing. He wasn't the manager. So neither one of them are really tied to Draxler. It wasn't their idea to bring him in. So that probably doesn't bode well for Draxler if he wants to stay in Paris. Right. Kose, what do you think? Keep him or 
I mean, I will go to the Oredo Training Center and like stand at the door with my arms open and I would not allow him to leave because I, I mean, I have Mark to Damon be- will be there with you. He's a big yeah. Draxler fan. They will have to push me out of the way because I love Draxler and I love him bad. I think he is an incredible player, huge amount of talent, super professional, um, you know, has never made an issue, has never been controversial, has always been ready to be called upon. It is true that his performances haven't been the best, but he's had some incredible performances with us. Um, you know, either starting like when he scored twice against Barcelona in the 4-0 or coming off from the bench like just recently against Madrid. He was pretty decent when he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if when he understands, you know, he can speak in German to Tuchel when he understands perfectly <laughs> what he wants, he performs and he can play midfield, um, attack, wing. He is such a versatile player, young still excites me um and it would just break my heart to see him leave the club i love him i really do love him so to see him i i don't think he has which is sad i don't think he has the quality to be a starter for us um but but i i would love to see him getting involved and be a squad player and be the first sub Mm -hmm. um and you know still be in the team and and appear in the later stages of the league and on the later stages of the champions league um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe he can be, you know, the captain of that one team that has a bunch of under-20s or under-23s and he's, like, you know, the captain and they play Le Mans. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Kose, Kose, I feel everything you're saying because I feel like we said the same thing about Lucas Mora. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, we let him go. Yeah. And then he gets a hat trick in the semifinals of the Champions League. Yeah. You know, and I do not want that to happen to us with drafters. So. Yeah. And well, he's the type I, of player that you need to have in the squad. You need to have quality. You can't have a bunch of kids and no-name people in your team coming off the bench. You need to have quality, and, and he's that type of player that a team, a big team like PSG needs to have. He's not starter level, but we, that's the type of player we need. So I, I hope he's, he stays. But if we could flip him for a player that we believe is more talented or fits the system better, then I think that's a move you have to do. Um, well, I love yeah. Not like David Luiz that we sold him and then he went on to make Premier League uh, Team of the Year. Yeah, um, that's, I, I feel I feel like that's fifty fifty. <laughs> it's killing I, me. I mean, this this goes back. I mean, Kingsley Coman is another player that we kind of let go and and turned into be a heck of a player. Um, we've had some success here recently. We've let some younger players go and other players, and they haven't really turned into. I mean, we mentioned Mora's hat trick, but overall, I mean, he's been spectacular at Tottenham, but. He had that one game of brilliance, so we'll give him that. Um, I wanted to ask you guys as we wrap up the show here, at, at the end of the season, well, first of all, I'll ask you, are you positive? Are you, are you optimistic heading into the second half of the season, Kose? Oof, I am excited. I okay. am pumped. want to see this team. They've shown incredible stuff. They've shown strides in the right, in the right direction. They're obviously not perfect, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they're ours, and we're gonna follow them to the death. And I want to see how they play. I want to see us play dormant. I want to see us, you know, see off the league. I want to see alternate squads fight for the national trophies. Um, and if all of that goes down, you know, regardless of the results, um, you know, what what anything else can you be happy for than watching PSG play? Yeah, Mel, are you optimistic heading into the second half of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're the, we're the way we're leading the league. Um, 
the way that we really did dominate our Champions League group, uh, the way that we're healthier, knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> than we've been coming into this portion of the season. I mean, you you, you have to be optimistic and, and look at that and go, it's all in front of us and it all remains very, very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I am more optimistic than I have been in some time. So. Yeah, I'm very optimistic. I love the 4-4-2 formation. I love how many goals we're scoring. I love how lethal Neymar and, um, and Mbappe, when they're linking up now together, I mean, that is a partnership. That's what I'm most and, excited and about. Cardi. Yeah, and Icardi. But specifically, the Mbappe-Neymar friendship off the pitch is translating to on the pitch, and Neymar is just setting up Mbappe. And, and as we talk about what is in the future for these two, is Neymar ever going to pair with another striker, another attacker like Mbappe, where Neymar can just play a through ball into space, and he knows that his player will outrun everyone else and score a goal? I mean, this is this partnership is special. It gives me goosebumps sometimes when I watch it. Just like we're watching something extremely special here in Paris, and I'm I'm I couldn't be more high on this team. It doesn't mean that we're going to win the Champions League, but I am extremely high on this team and what they can accomplish. I think Tuchel can get the job done. It requires luck, but I'm I'm very optimistic about this team. So, final question of the podcast: I want to ask you guys: Will PSG win the Champions League? Is this the year it happens? Kosei. Um, I'm going to say yes. Oh, uh, I like it. All right. Yes. Um, I think that this is the year to do it. Oh, um, this is going to come back and bite you so hard. You know that, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, you know, we've been trying this. this <laughs> uh, and this is the year to do it. And, um, you know, Liverpool, they're the reigning champions and they're not looking as incredible um, we already handled Madrid. Barcelona look like they're wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Manchester City is either going to have to knock out Madrid or knock out themselves. There is a possibility of us going far. There is a possibility of us sneaking into those semifinals, getting a couple, you know, good games in. And before you know it, we find ourselves on that final. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have what it takes to win it, but I definitely see us there. And I want to see PSG try and go for the win. For the tie, for that trophy. Where's the Champions League final this year? Is it Istanbul? Istanbul, yeah. Yes, I mean, we've, we've been there. We've won already against Galatasaray. So, uh, Mel, what do you think? Uh, You're going to go on, you got to go on record. Do you think this is the year? You know what? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> All right. And, and the reason I'm going to say yes is because of the little things that seem to be accompanying the play. Right. Last year, for example, it was a battle between Cavani and Neymar as to who's going to take our penalties. This year, Neymar is handing the penalty to Cavani to take. Great point. Yeah. Right. Uh, when Icardi scores, I see everybody running to everybody with authentic joy. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think the little things behind the scenes are the right have the right energy yeah. to take us far. Um. And I'm just going to pray that that we stay healthy. And if we stay healthy, I think, yes, we, we will we will win. Yeah, I believe that we will now, win. Now I'm on the record. <laughs> yeah, you're on the record, too. Um, I will Kose say... Kosei and I have just lost optimists, but that's all right. This is a good year to be that. It's that, all right. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that 
PSG will not win the Champions League this year. But I say that. Oh, but that's hold on. Downer. I gotta I gotta preface that with. In past years, last year, I thought that we were going to beat Manchester United 8-0 at the Parc des Princes last season. And I feel like every year I say, this is the year, this is when it happens. And it blows up in my face. We lose 6-1 to Barcelona. So I say that this isn't PSG's year, only to do something different. And hopefully I'm, I'll be proven wrong. So you guys should be thanking me that I'm saying this isn't the year. Um with my run of form and predicting these things. So hopefully I continue to be wrong and um, I will be very happy about that. And I will just say if, if PSG does win the Champions League, someone's going to have to take my Twitter machine away because everyone who called PSG losers for signing a Cardi, everyone who said that this team is awful and will never win and has ever said, I will, I have kept all of these receipts. I have a folder on my desktop and I will come back and, it's not going to be pretty for them. So hopefully that will happen because that will be very entertaining. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much. That's our midseason PSG recap. Um, we're just going to go down the line here. Kose, how can people find you? Um, what are you working on? Where in the world are you? Anything you want to share with our audience, this is your time to do it. Of course. Um, well, no, I'm currently in Missouri still. I'm okay. staying here for a while. Um, and, you know, if you like PSG um, or La Liga, because I do a lot of that too, um, you just follow me on Twitter. It's at Cosi Spinoza. Um, and, you know, we're always here at PSG Talk doing incredible stuff, I feel like, every day. Um, so thank you. Thank you for having me. I love I love today's show. Fantastic. Mel, tell us a little bit about you, where we can find you, and all that good stuff. Well, uh, I just uh, left a gig out of New York, the New York region, and moved back to D.C. So I am. Okay really just reorganizing my life right now. The, the one constant in my life is PSG. So, um, yeah, there you go. You know, you can find me at PSG Talk. I am working on articles around the first half of the year, the second mm-hmm. half of the year. The psychology of the team is up already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you'll continue to find that work there, and that's a great place to find, you know, all of us in terms of outstanding PSG content. So. Wonderful. And, of course, you can find me at PSG Talk. I'm on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Guillaume, fellow PSG Talk contributors, always doing good stuff there. Um, my, December was our best traffic month ever, so thank you, everyone who has ever listened, watched, or read anything. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Um, sometimes I'm. we had someone on Reddit was like, I really enjoy the podcast. I was like, wow, people actually listen to this stuff. So um, thank you. If you're listening to this, leave us a comment. You know, Let us know that you're listening because sometimes we just talk into a microphone and we don't really think anyone's listening. So uh, thank you as always. And uh, for Kose and Mel, I'm Ed, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Take care.